0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the My Little Eater podcast. I am recording to you today from my office early morning. It is 5.15 here, Um, and I'm doing so because we are renoing right now in our house. We have people in and out all day long, and pretty much all week I've been trying to find a time where I could record without having some you know, loud noise interrupting the audio. And... I have not found that at all. (laughs) I couldn't find even like half an hour to do that. Um, There's been hammering and drilling and noise and talking and all that stuff happening. So I decided I have to get up early and, uh, and do this in the morning. So if my voice sounds like I haven't spoken to anybody yet today, that's because I haven't. So anyway... Today, I'm going to be talking to you about using mealtime distractions to get your child to eat something. Now, for many parents, using a mealtime distraction starts because of a genuine concern that their child's not getting enough calories in, or maybe they're eating what looks like a small amount of food, or maybe they're underweight, or... Or maybe they're just not eating the types of foods that we want them to eat. And so we distract them and we try and figure out ways to make eating happen without them fully realizing that it's happening. So when I talk about mealtime distractions, it's always helpful first to define, what do I mean by a mealtime distractions? What does that really include? So this includes having a TV at mealtime, which is probably the most popular type of distraction, an iPad, toys, books even. A lot of you ask about, you know, are books really considered distraction? I mean, they're educational, they're good, Um, but that doesn't matter. What it is is it's taking your child away from what's happening at mealtime, and I'm going to explain that in a little bit more detail in just a little bit. I would even consider singing or playing games for the purpose of distracting them from what's happening, just so you can kind of like shovel a bite in of food. That is a mealtime distraction as well. And even, and this one is probably gonna surprise many of you, Allowing a toddler to get up from a table and play for a little bit and then come back for some bites, or maybe you're following them around while they're up and around and playing, and then you're trying to kind of like shovel bites in here and there, that is eating with a distraction as well. So all of these things, I mean, likely we've all seen them done, or perhaps we've even done them ourselves at one point or another. And although they're common mealtime scenarios, today I want to talk to you about why we need to remove them how we can remove them and really i'm going to dig into a question that i received from a parent on this topic and she's more focused on tv at mealtime so here is what she writes she says my toddler refuses to eat without tv and doesn't mind being hungry We put on TV at home for her to eat, and she eats well, but at daycare, she doesn't eat at all the entire day. It's really worrisome, and I wonder if she's just not eating because of the TV component. How do I get her to eat at daycare?" Okay, so let's start by acknowledging that this mom is using the TV to help her child to eat. So it is a mealtime distraction, which again, we know that this happens very often. But let's kind of start by diving into what could these distractions be doing? Why do we actually want to remove them? Why do we consider them to be not great? So first of all, distractions take away from those intricate experiences, those intricate things that are happening at mealtime. So things like good conversation, tasting food, like really tasting and acknowledging the taste and experience of a food. Feelings around food. So maybe those are great feelings like connection and bonding at mealtimes. Or maybe they're bad feelings, even like anxiety around food. But basically, whatever it is, positive, negative, The distractions serve as sort of an escape from that full experience at mealtimes. And we really do want kids to experience the benefits of positive mealtimes, but also we want them to face the music if it's a somewhat unpleasant experience. So let's say they do have anxiety or problems around food, instead of escaping it, we want them to be able to kind of face it head on and then we can move them forward. So they're gonna learn that way to overcome their feeding issues versus get stuck and potentially just make things worse by masking it with, let's say, a distraction like a TV, they're avoiding their problems, and then it's building up even more in their head. And so we're really just kind of putting this Band-Aid solution on there It's not helping them in the long term. And so it's much more preferable to remove that and then deal with the issue at hand. Now, there are certain very rare cases where kids with severe sensory issues, usually those who have autism or other similar conditions, they might require the distraction of a TV or an iPad to really tone down their sensory stressors because it is extremely overwhelming for them. And these kids usually do work with a therapist. But even then, I will say that eventually... You know, the work is to have this phased out as progress is made. So so I just want to say I am not talking about kids in those situations as we discuss everything today in this episode. But I'm talking more about your typical or even extreme picky eater without medical conditions. Okay, so another thing that distractions do and why we want to remove them they serve as distractions from our body signals for hunger and fullness. So let's say having a TV or iPad or a book or whatever at mealtime, it makes it so that we can't tune in and figure out, are we actually hungry or are we actually full? You know, we're going to start to begin to eat mindlessly, and that is going to cause us, and especially toddlers, it's going to cause them to under or overeat rather than be totally present and mindful so that they can listen and pick up on their body's signals to know how much they need to eat. They're eating instead, what's happening, it's automatic. It's based on external factors. So for example, however long a TV show is, maybe they keep eating until the TV show is over, and in the meantime, they have overridden their fullness cues. Maybe those cues came up 10 minutes into the show, but they wouldn't know that because they're so distracted and they're going to continually eat in that automatic behavior. And it can also happen the other way, where a TV or, you know, again, whatever other mealtime distraction can actually allow kids to forget to eat. So they might be so engulfed in let's say the show they're watching, that their eating slows down, maybe it comes to a stop completely, then all of a sudden the show is over or meal mealtime is just over in general, and then they pick up and leave, and then all of a sudden you find that half an hour, maybe 40 minutes later, they're hungry, they're asking for food. And so they have not fully been in tune with their hunger cues, they did not learn how to eat to a point of fullness, they have not learned how to regulate that whole experience. And you'll actually find that kids who have experienced mindless eating most of their lives, end up growing up with the likelihood that they're going to have trouble regulating their appetites as adults as well. And those mindless eating habits will continue. So we really do want to nip that in the bud and teach them these skills early on. And then finally, a big thing with mealtime distractions is they are usually almost always actually used as a form of control. And probably unintentional pressure, but pressure nonetheless by us at mealtimes. So what happens is we're, you know, as parents, we're trying to control however we can, how much food our child eats at mealtimes. And this is a direct result of us not trusting them to know how much they need to eat. So some kids are harder to trust than others. And I fully understand that. And maybe that's because they're going through a picky phase. Maybe their appetite has fluctuated like crazy lately. And maybe actually they they weigh less. Maybe they're underweight or they just weigh less than their siblings, and so we're kind of concerned for them, but I just wanna say distracting kids in order to get some food into them, especially like an amount that we think is necessary, not necessarily what their body knows it needs, that is not helpful in the long term. In fact, it can cause a lot more problems and it goes directly against the theory of the division of responsibility. If you have not heard about this rule, it is the golden rule to successful eating. I do talk about it frequently. I base my practice off of it. Essentially, this this rule is that parents have roles to stick to as do children the parent's role is to choose what to serve when to serve it and where to serve the food and the child is to stick to their role of choosing if they want to eat from what we've offered them and how much so when we stray from this model of feeding we're really what's happening is we're losing trust that our kids really can manage their role of choosing if and how much to eat in a healthy way. And so we actually see a lot of picky eating problems get worse. We see picky eating start if it hasn't been there before. Trust me, it is definitely the thing that you want to make sure you are following. I actually have a full episode on this model of feeding. It's episode nine. If you have not heard of it or you want to learn some more about it, check out that link in the show notes. It is going to help you tremendously. So again, distractions take us away from this model, and really, it's us conforming to our need for control. And it's usually a sign that we have pressured or are pressuring our kids at meal times. Now, with regards to the specific question that this mom sent in, I want to mention a few things. I just want to pull a few points out of um, what she said, and this reflect on it. Have you guys reflect on it as well if you're going through a similar situation? Because I think it's going to really help if you look at things from a little bit of a different perspective. So. This mom mentions that her child does not mind being hungry. Now, I just want to say that unless there is an anxiety around food that is really bad, where hunger is literally preferable to having to sit down at that table. So maybe you notice that your child avoids mealtimes completely. They have an extremely hard time having certain food on their plate or on the table. Maybe they have meltdowns frequently and you even sense this type of fear around food. All of those things can indicate that there is a severe anxiety. If that's the case, 100%. Please seek out a feeding specialist help. What I would suggest is rule out any medical condition that might require feeding therapy. And if they does require feeding therapy, please go ahead and and go that route because that does need to be addressed if your child is literally preferring to be hungry. But I also want to say that in the majority of cases... We think that our child is going hungry if they don't eat something or, you know, that they would prefer to be hungry, they don't mind it, and they're just going to starve themselves out. But in reality, I, I want you to ask yourself, is she actually hungry or is she just not eating a lot? You know, is it kind of that she's complaining about foods? She wants certain ones, not the others. But at the end of the day, if she was really, truly hungry, she would probably eat you know, something reasonable that she's eaten in the past or whatever, or is it that she's actually so, so hungry? I just want you to know that there's a big difference and that one of them requires feeding therapy and the other one means we need to kind of reframe this in our head and realize that maybe it's some more structure and boundaries on our end that we can implement to allow our child to progress, eat more variety, eat more on a schedule and gain the skills that we need them to gain, but that's stuff that does not require a severe intervention. Now, the other thing is you mentioned that she eats well when the TV is on. So I'm curious to know, and I want you to dig into this for yourself, what does eat well mean to you? So eating well for most parents, for most of our standards, I will say that 90% of the people I ask what does eating well mean to you? They're actually showing me portion sizes and calorie amounts that are way higher than what a toddler actually needs. So I suggest familiarizing yourself with the types of foods, the amounts of foods, basically those toddler food requirements that they need. Um, and my toddler course goes into this in detail. And And look at you know what those really are in reality in comparison to what we think we need. Because sometimes we kind of, freak out a little bit more than we need to and then move to these extra measures like using distractions at meal times in order to you know what we think is helping them but really all it's doing is causing stress. And I also want you to look at other indicators that show that they're actually healthy. So are they growing well? You know, are they gaining weight? Are they growing in height? Those are going to be other indicators that your toddler is actually doing just fine despite the fact that it might seem to you that they're not eating enough just a couple points to reflect on. I'm not saying that that is for sure the situation with this mom and her child. I don't have all that information in front of me but again something to reflect on and think about. Now another thing that this mom mentions is that her child doesn't eat at daycare and how did she ask how does she get her to eat at daycare. Now I would say let's ask daycare what is happening there. This is how I would approach it. So I would see, you know, are there a lot of other distractions happening there? Does she need help maybe picking up her food or eating her food? Maybe they're hovering over her or giving her attention, trying to get her to eat something, which all of those things can make things worse. So I would suggest troubleshooting what is happening there and deciding is she really not eating? Or again, is she really hungry? Like, does she come home starving after quote-unquote not eating at daycare all day? that you know she wants to eat anything almost like she's more willing to eat foods that she doesn't usually eat and she wants to eat right away she's cranky all of that stuff are signs that she is actually coming home hungry or is it that she's just not eating a whole lot you know so really trying to distinguish that and really troubleshooting what are the issues that are happening at daycare versus trying to compensate at home by using a distraction and then potentially overfeeding her okay so those are my tips for this mom and now I just want to get into some tips to remove tv from mealtimes and just some step-by-step processes that you can attempt now what I suggest typically is to remove mealtime distractions just cold turkey I think that (laughs) From my experience, transitioning slowly for most kids really just drags out the process and it makes it harder for them. However, if it is a huge battle for you and you can do it incrementally and you want to do it incrementally, I should say, please go ahead and do that. Now, I want to start by saying I I think the very first step, just to kind of ease your mind as a parent before you're going to remove mealtime distractions, is like I said before first understand whether your child's eating is typical for their age or if they're struggling with some type of underlying challenge that's making eating difficult that's an important piece of information and of course it's going to help ease your mind if they're really not you know under eating or under eating that much, that will just help you be more confident in your decision to remove them. Now, the next thing I want you to do is I want you to really study the division of responsibility. So I want you to know this thing inside out, all the nuances and and really understand how does that apply? What am I supposed to say? If I'm following division of responsibility, what do I do? What do I say? In all these different types of situations, So that I am removing pressure at mealtimes, I am decreasing stress, I am giving back the control where it's required to my toddler, and I am taking control where it's required personally, and that is going to really set the stage for um, proper mealtimes, for a proper mealtime environment, and again, that low-pressure environment that is going to help your toddler be successful at eating once that TV is removed. So... I will say that the food intake, when you're implementing Division of Responsibility, food intake usually is lower a little bit in the beginning. Just because there's an adjustment period, all of a sudden, you know, oh my God, there's no one shoveling food in my mouth or there's no TV there to distract me. So yes, you will see food intake lower a little bit, but this will regulate. You just gotta trust the process and your child is gonna take over meals on their own after some time. It could be a few days, sometimes it could be a couple weeks, but they're gonna start to eat what their body needs. So I just want you to trust your child, I want you to trust the process, and I want you to relax about the number of bites and how many spoonfuls they're taking. If your child is not losing weight, please try not to stress, and instead just look at the bigger picture of wanting to help them long-term without using that Band-Aid solution of a mealtime distraction. All right, the next thing I want you to do is, I want you to have a conversation with them on what approach you're going to be taking when it comes to removing the tv so sit them down even if they're young even if they're like i don't know like 18 months old or something or 12 months old i mean you're not going to have as elaborate conversation with a 12-month-old as you would with a three-year-old. But I will just say that sitting them down and kind of giving them that heads up goes a really long way. So you can say something to them like, from now on, we're going to have dinners with no TV on so that we can talk, we can enjoy our meal times together, okay? And then you can let them know when it's going to start. Personally, I would just, again, do it kind of cold turkey and be like, From now on, we're not going to have TV, but if you're going to be, you know, doing this incrementally, you could, she could change what you're saying and say something like from now on, the TV is only going to be on for five minutes and then we're going to turn it off so that we can sit down and enjoy our mealtime together or whatever it is. So you can give them a warning. Let's say, you know, four minutes into the meal, the TV is on. You can give them a warning a minute before turning it off so that they can prepare themselves. Okay. That the time is almost up and that we're going to have to turn off the TV. Again, i personally find that this whole middle ground kind of a little bit but not too much approach makes it harder on them whereas cold turkey with you know of course with a nice and respectful conversation about the changes that are going to happen it's usually only one or two days of complaining after which it's over and and done with but anyway some people may prefer this more gradual approach and please you do you do what you feel is best for your family Another thing that a lot of families do and find success with, if they're doing an incremental approach, they will actually put the TV on mute for a few meals, and then they will reduce the amount of time that the TV is on playing for. So it's on mute the whole time, but maybe it's on mute for 20 minutes, and then it's 15 minutes, and then it's 10 minutes, and then it's five minutes, and then it's it's off. So then it's just removed altogether. So you can practice that if you want. Maybe do a more gradual approach over a couple of weeks. Now, those are my tips to kind of help remove TV specifically, but you can kind of take that and apply it to any other mealtime distraction. But again, what we want to do here, and for this mom who is kind of worried about her daughter eating, is we really want to first get back to that baseline environment where there is no distractions, where we have that really positive, pressure-free environment. So that goes along with implementing the division of responsibility. And then you can start to diagnose and you can start to tackle whatever issues your child's having by using those proven, you know, research-based strategies that I'm always talking about, then those strategies are going to work. So I'm not saying all of a sudden your child is going to eat all that they need to eat or maybe they're going to overcome picky eating just by removing the TV. That's not what I'm saying. But that is the first step. If you're there, you got to remove it, and then you have this environment that's conducive to letting those other picky eating strategies start to work. So for today, we're not going to be getting into all those different picky eating strategies because there are so many of them. They are very nuanced and it will probably would be here for the next like 20 hours talking about all of them and how to do them. But if you are looking for some help right away, if you're struggling with feeding your toddler in any way, I highly recommend just taking my feeding toddlers online course because I take you in that course step by step through everything you need to do in order so that you can kind of check things off one by one. And those are going to help set your toddler up for success with eating and overcome picky eating if it's already there. So if you're interested in that, you can head to the link in the show notes to enroll and check that out. Okay. That is it for today. I just want to say that if you found this podcast episode helpful, would you please leave me a five-star review and subscribe as well so you can keep up to date with all the new podcast episodes that are coming out. That would mean the world to me and would go such a long way to increasing the reach of the podcast to other parents just like you. Okay, everyone, have a great week.